Runner on first base, two outs, and the pitch. The runner goes. The throw down to second base, the tag, he is out. And that is another caught stealing. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Caught stealing, E. Marquez. Back again in this offseason that has been amazing. Uh, I could have plugged my other uh, podcast here, and I should have. It's been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, P.E. Square, phenomenal epics. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. But so far, this offseason has been something else. Has been something else. We have the Chicago White Sox hiring Tony La Russa. That's not the issue, right? That's not the, the biggest deal. We also have A.J. Hinge going to Detroit. We have um, Alex Cora going back to the Boston Red Sox. It's kind of like a smack in the face to MLB, but oh well. He'll take it. Now, Cora, he paid his, he, he did his time. He paid his fine, and now he's back in play, right? That's how it works. So good for him to get back up. Uh, we don't know exactly in the, the, the amount he cheated or how he did it. But I'm sure it's just baseball players being baseball players, trying to find any way to get an edge. And they did that. The Astros did that also. And they were able to um, win a World Series. So... Uh, he paid his due. He did his due. He did his time, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> you have some interesting, interesting development over in Cubs land. Theo Epstein has resigned as Cubs president. Now, me being a Cub fan, I have to tell you, I thank Theo Epstein and I give him a salute for doing, for bringing in the greatest era. In Chicago baseball history. He was solely responsible for that. Yeah, you can add Joe Madden. You can add the players. But Theo Epstein is the one that changed the game. Theo Epstein did a whole bunch of things here. That otherwise wouldn't have been done. I heard a reporter recently say that he made the Cubs tolerable. And actually nice to work with. Before the Cubs were gung-ho and stuck in their ways not wanting anything to do with reporters they very secretive similar to what goes on with the White Sox similar to what goes on with the Bulls and Bears but the Cubs have been very transparent under Theo Epstein and that's been a refreshing uh, trait quality trait so I have to admit that it does sting a little bit, but I understand it. He said that he does, he will not be here to make the necessary changes in the upcoming seasons and off-seasons. So he knew that he wasn't going to do any kind of renewal, that he wasn't going to get an extension. He, he, he lives by this thought that you're only good in one place for 10 years and then... You have to seek a new adventure. Uh, 
if you have that thought, if you're into that, oh, you know, perfectly fine. Understandable and respected. It really truly is. Um, is he... Does that work for everything? No. doesn't work for everything. doesn't work for everybody. I think Bill Walsh, the famous legendary coach for the San Francisco 49ers, said this. That 10 years and then you move on. Well, Brian Kelly, the head coach for the University of Notre Dame, is going into his 11th year, got an extension, and is actually doing a better job in recruiting and keeping assistants around. Because um, in his previous years, a lot of assistants would leave for other jobs. But now Brian Kelly is doing well, and he's been there past 10 years. Uh, Belichick, I believe, has been there past 10 years in New England, right? Uh, Nick Saban, I think he's going past 10 years pretty soon. It's not always the case, but I guess it's a refreshing new beginning if you're in that kind of profession and you you know you're you're under a microscope you're in the grind sure and it's respected and, and if you have a way of doing things by all means um Theo Epstein's legacy is one that I can do a whole show on <coughs> excuse me and I probably will but here I want to talk about where do the Cubs go to next is that mean that Chris Bryant will be non-tendered? Kyle Schwarber will be non-tendered? Remember, the Ricketts have famously said, or infamously, said that there's no more money around in in Cubs Nation or Wrigleyville where the Cubs can pay their players. Unless they can get some monster trades, unless they can get some activity for these players will they non-tender these players is the question will they just flat out cut them um we'll see but there's ball clubs all over the mlb that are in financial situations financial hardships and they need to move salary so maybe having a 20 million dollar chris bryant versus a hundred million dollar whatever player they have might suit them best so a straight up deal where the cubs would take that money and then they would build up that way you connect phone button to answer apologize all right so sorry about that we're back again um let me see if i can figure out where i left off i had a phone call i had to take um so i wanted to take that anyway Going over, uh, let me see if I, I think I lost my train of thought, but in the overall feeling is that players are going to be draft, uh, players are going to be cut, non-tender, because you don't know if you're going to be getting anything in return, but we'll see. Like I mentioned, there's there's teams that, there's teams that want to uh, get rid of payroll. There's other teams that you know want to bring in a name. And there's always teams that say, you know what? I can do better. I can do better than 
so and so. I can I can help this team do this. I can help this team do that. I can help this player be this. And there's always a coach or two that would always would 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 come up with that notion. Uh, so yeah, you know, even though Bryant and and Contreras and well Contreras not so much, but Bryant and Schwarber those guys, they have, they've been a disappointment, major disappointment. Um, Chris Bryan is baseball versions of Derrick Rose, but again, uh, Schwarber is a shorter uh, Adam Dunn. And again, what are you gonna do? How do you do prospects? How do you measure up prospects? That's the key here. Overall. The Cubs are going to go in a different direction. I expect the Cubs to get rid of Ian Happ, get rid of Contreras, get rid of Bryant, get rid of Schwarber, uh, even maybe get rid of. Um, they might even get rid of uh, Javi Baez. Uh, I think they're going to wipe the state clean. They do have some talent in the minor leagues. They got some talent. Now, it's not developed, it's not redefined. The talent is not. Uh, the, the talent is not polished, but they have some decent arms. They got some guys that can throw the ball in the high 100s. I mean, the high 90s, low 100s. They got some decent starting pitching. They're built well, so they're going to be able to sustain as a starter. Um, they also have some young outfielders. Uh, you have a young catcher. So they got some players that they can try to give it a go. They, Nico Horner is one of those players that's going to stick around, that they can build off of. But it's time to get rid of three true outcome guys. They are no good for the game and no good for your team. Adam Dunn is the three true outcome guy. He is by far the main three true outcome guy and the Cubs have a lot of those guys it's just not good for business it's just not good for winning ball games so Theo Epstein leaving becoming you know getting out of baseball uh, selfishly I think that the Bears should make a play on Theo Epstein to try to get him convince him that he would be a great executive in the NFL and not use analytics or stats or anything like that to bring in ball players, football players, but more to just have a culture, change the environment in the room and give the sense of putting people in position to make great decisions. And that's where I think Theo Epstein will shine. Uh, he knows how to scout. He knows talent. And he'll use the analytics um, to reassure the talent that he's looking at. So he's not going to look at 40-yard dashes and bench presses and all that. But he's going to see a talented individual. He's going to say, okay, sustainability. Can he do this over a long period of time? The stats say no. The stats say yes. Uh, his play, the eye test, how does he look? As a fan, I can see him. He makes a difference. As an analytic person, I can see him. He's an impact. And just watching him, he matches up to the statistics. 
So those kind of things were would help. I think those things would be something that would help Theo Epstein uh, become a great executive. Look at John McDonough went to the hockey world, won three Stanley Cups, three three Stanley Cups. You know, six years, seven years span, changed an organization that was rated the worst organization in sports, the Chicago Blackhawks. So Theo Epstein can do it. So I wonder if the bull, if the Bears would come knocking on his door and asking him. Anyway, we'll see what goes on. We'll see what uh, the next journey has or the next steps of this offseason. I feel like it's going to be an impactful one. I feel like it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of players moving addresses. That's what I feel like. Um, again, money talks, right? And in this situation, the pandemic is what's making decisions. So if there's fans in the stadiums, which I find it weird that there could be that they're already planning out March, April, May, June of next year. I find that to be strange. When the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of the infectious disease experts and a lot of the scientists and medical professionals said the world won't be the same to 2021, 2022. When they stated those things, I found that to be interesting. Like, how do they know? Like, how do they know? And now they continue to do this. Harvard, Ivy League, they canceled their winter sports. They canceled their fall sports. How how is it that they know? What do they know? Because driving on these streets of Chicago, you know, I go to work and then I go home and then I go to uh, the north side and I go to the south side. Uh, go to the west side there really isn't anything going on i mean it feels like a normal day at the office traffic up the wazoo i think traffic would be worse if there were schools i can imagine if schools or chicago public schools were going on the traffic would be like obscene but uh you know the virus has hit close to home um my father's recovering from it and uh he's he's he's, he's on a ventilator now but it, it, it's it's more like he got it going to work he didn't get it going to a bar or restaurant or you know being maskless or so what is it exactly what what is it what, what is really going on? And then there's other organizations that <clears throat> are not even concerning themselves of shutting down anything. And it's another thing. So Major League Baseball, I think, is doing is taking the right approach of slowing things down, taking one day at a time, see if you can go from there. Nothing, you know, don't make no rash decisions like college football did. And don't make no uh, clear-cut decisions like the Ivy League did. But just let it go. I, I, I find it to be quite interesting that Major League Baseball got to 
finish their season. They got to do their they got to do their work. And they get a small little pat on the back. And they you know still people still think Manfred is one of the worst um commissioners in all of sports. But I find it to be interesting. I, I really truly do find it to be interesting that they 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 no one wants to give them the credit of succeeding through the pandemic. And right away they wanted to jump on Justin Turner for celebrating with his teammates. And then a few weeks later they go off and say, Oh, well, nine people from the traveling party in the Dodgers got COVID. I'm not saying that it was Justin Turner. They were saying that it was Justin Turner. They were saying that it was because Justin Turner went out to celebrate with his teammates. You see, <clears throat> that's a problem. That's an issue. Because that's not what happened. Justin Turner, I think he I think he did what anybody would have done and it was he was vilified for it. He didn't even know that he was positive. He played 6 innings that game. So I I don't blame Justin Turner. I don't call him irresponsible. I do not. But for him to go out there, if he just needed to wear a mask and maybe stay distant, give high fives, take a photo, team photo, but stay distant after the team photo. But uh, but at the at at overall, it wasn't his fault. Overall, he he didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything wrong, and. To, to use some more numbers, to use more num to use other stats, saying all oh, nine people from the traveling party the Dodgers caught COVID. I'm not saying it was Justin Turner, but I'm just saying it looks like it. Well, that's irresponsible, also, because you don't know. You don't know what has happened. You know, like I said, COVID has touched home for me. I don't know what's happened. I don't know how my dad got it. He's always wearing a mask. When he went to work, he's always wearing a mask. When he left his house, he's always wearing a mask. How to get it? It's no it's no one's fault. So ultimately this offseason we will see we know that the pandemic will control the spending and the vaccines will get the organizations and the leagues and another thought process about having fans this year. So we'll see how it goes. I think we're all desperate to get to some kind of normal, not new normal, some kind of normal. But um, yeah, I just want to see my dad back. That's all. And we'll go from there. This is called Stealing with E. Marquez. Thanks for listening.